Police pen pals for some school kids, people lifting themselves up through education, one man's journey back from homelessness, and some amazing rescued raptors. Wow, these are stories from the heart on this edition of Connected Colorado. where nearly 40 rescued birds of prey can live out their lives and help educate the public. We'll have more on this amazing place later in the show, but first, some employees with the Arvada Police Department are becoming badge buddies with fifth graders. This is Lincoln, a fifth grader at Arvada K-8. First degree criminal trespass, which bumps it up to the, the felony level. Yeah. This is Kevin with the Arvada Police Department. They're badge buddies. That means they're pen pals. Hi, my name is Kevin Westbrook, and I'm a detective with the Arvada Police Department. Detective Westbrook is writing Lincoln a letter about him and his job. I first started as a uniformed patrol officer. I also was on the department's SWAT team. And Detective Westbrook got one from Lincoln. He's uh, your typical fifth grader, really loves uh, activities including video games. Westbrook is one of 23 employees with Arvada PD who just signed up for this new program to show who's really behind the badge. That we're real people. Adam, you're doing traffic. The reality is most encounters with police involve a tragedy or a crime. It's a way for us to get out of our patrol cars and get into the community, get into the schools. Commander Hensley is thrilled with how the program has taken off. It helps promote a good old-fashioned letter writing. She just got a letter from her buddy, Adrian. He drew his selfie, which I thought was really cute. Police chose fifth graders at Arvada K-8 because they're impressionable. The perfect time to create a mentoring relationship. They're about to go into middle school, and that's a very fragile time in their life. My favorite TV show is Goldbergs. Do you watch Goldbergs? No. Well, I like the Franny with four brains, but this one is my second favorite. Lincoln has lots of interests and is sharing them with his badge buddy. Police say that can be a powerful partnership. The police department as a whole benefits because we're improving relationships in the community. And when you create trust with community members, they want to work with you. They want to help you solve crimes. And it's happening one letter at a time. I've included my mailing address at the police department. So uh, feel free to send me a message. Best regards. Kevin Westbrook. What a great story. All right, well now I am with Kim Kitigua at HawkQuest. Yes. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for having gorgeous. us as well. Thank what you. is HawkQuest? HawkQuest is an educational organization. We are not a rehab organization. And we're what we call a 501c3 nonprofit tax exempt. 
What kind of birds do you have? We have birds of prey or raptors, and that means eagles, hawks, owls, vultures, kites, ospreys, and condors. And what is your mission? I mean, your, your whole goal? Oh, I tell you, that, that is a great question. Our mission is education. We can certainly bring in slides, pictures, and films into a classroom, but you know, if I bring in a bald eagle, especially kids that are in sixth grade, I think they have a better understanding as well as a better appreciation about birds of prey. So can we have a demonstration? Absolutely. Let me start with the first bird. Who is this baby? This hawk is called a Harris hawk. And the Harris hawks are indigenous to Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, down to Mexico. But what makes this group of birds very interesting is that they're probably the brightest of all the birds of prey for a number of reasons. One is that they live in colonies. Most eagles live by themselves or live in a pair. Two is they hunt together. Most eagles, again, either hunt by themselves or hunt in a pair. But what makes this group of birds very interesting is their social behavior. They're a matriarch or a matriarchal society. Now you gotta understand, I come from the island of Guam and I grew up in a matriarch society. Let me tell you, my grandmother ran the game. She was the boss, okay? So if you released him into the wild, he wouldn't survive? So this bird can survive, obviously he's still in captivity, but since it's an imprint or imprintation, it relates to people. So let's say it got loose or it, it got away from us, okay? She, she, it, the bird can still hunt, but let's say it's not successful and it's flying around and you're having a barbecue, it's going to come down and join you because he's not afraid. So somebody's going to get hurt, probably the bird. 80% of the programs that we do at HawkQuest is what we call the Birds of Prey program. That's where we bring in four different birds. We have to fly one of the birds. And you just saw the hawk. I'm going to bring in an owl here. And this is Aaron bringing this bird in. This bird here is the largest, most powerful owl in the world. This owl here is called the Eurasian Eagle Owl. They're found in Europe, Asia, and the extreme northern end of Africa. They are the most powerful owl in the world. They have been known to catch small deer, foxes, raccoons, skunks. This is a big owl. Wow. And you can see it's, it's almost four feet if it's extended from one end to the end. What he's doing there is a behavior called panting, okay? Because birds of prey don't have any sweat glands. What he's doing is taking up the hot air, bringing down the cool air. But you gotta remember, He's wearing a down jacket here. Well, the next bird we're gonna bring in is a falcon, because like I said, we're bringing an eagle, a hawk, an owl, and a falcon. And this is Mick, been with me a long time. Uh, he's like my right-hand man. And, and this is a peregrine falcon. The word peregrine means wanderer, because they do migrate. You are looking at the fastest animal on the planet. Mm. They have been clocked at over 242 miles an hour out of a dive. The thing that it's wearing there is called a hood. The hood serves several purposes. One is that it keeps the bird calm and number two it's also used as a training tool. But I'm going to take the hood off and now you can see what it looks like. Peregrines all have dark head. They also have dark eyes mm -hmm. and he was an imprint. He was raised in captivity for education. Now he's going to rock this bird back and look at this long pointed wings. Everything about this bird is built for speed. These are the jets in, in, the, in, the, in the birds of prey. Isn't he gorgeous? Winnie, do you mind coming over here? Sure. If you look at that bird's attitude, he knows he's gonna fly, okay? You notice I got my hand behind my back, and all I'm gonna do is call operative conditioning. I'm gonna show my left hand, tap my chest. He's gonna come off the glove. Ready? It's gonna happen right about now. <laughs> How cool is that, huh, Miss Wendy? Wow. Now, I'm gonna put my hand right here, Miss Wendy, and I want you to watch the feet come in, okay? okay. No blinking, okay? okay? You ready, Martha? Yeah. There we go. Come on! Wow! <laughs> ready? Come on! 
And like I said, when they've been training birds for a long time, it still amazes me to come back, okay? Of course, the last bird we're going to bring in, and this is when the kids get really excited, is our national symbol. And Mick, again, come around, buddy. Oh, my gosh. This is unreal. This is our national symbol, obviously, the bald eagle. Oh, the bald eagle wow. gets its name from the white head, white tail. Get that about five to seven years. Now, you know, Benjamin Franklin wanted to adopt a turkey as our national symbol. Well, what I'm going to do is take the hood off, and you can really see just what she looks like. Hi. And are you ready? Mick's going to raise this bird up, bring him in tight, and show you a six-foot wingspan here. How cool is that? So, you asked me earlier what we do for the kids, you know, and you can certainly see a bald eagle flying around, or you can see them in a zoo, but they're always behind fences. You get a young man or young lady and see a bald eagle about eight <laughs> inches away, I think it's pretty impressive. Oh, those are strong wings. Oh, they are very strong. <laughs> and like I told you earlier, uh, the bald eagles in a while can live to be about 30. In, the, in, in uh, captivity, they can live to be 70 to 80. So, I'm going to have to pass this bird on to somebody else. How old is he? She's going on about 17. So, in terms of eagles, that's very young. How did you get her? We got this bird through a rehab organization. Basically, what happened was somebody shot this bird's father. So, they took it to a rehab center and they had to hand feed her. So, once again, there's the imprintation. And she's just a great bird. She's just an awesome bird. That may have been one of the most epic moments awesome. of my life. It is nothing like seeing it in the zoo. No. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. For many people, all animals touch our hearts. Well, here's a story of a very important service in Wheat Ridge provided by some very adorable goats. Hey, here we are at Lewis Meadows. We're working hard, as you can see, on dealing with invasive weeds in the city of Wheat Ridge. This is a cool new partnership between my farm, Five Fridges Farm, and the city of Wheat Ridge to bring some full ruminants, which are great for grazing invasive weeds out into the community, to do a little work. Look at this lazy goat. This is called lazy grazing, I guess. I mean, you can see how mellow goats are. These guys have all been trained like dogs, and they're just super friendly and nice. We're using goats to help control vegetation here, both weeds and grasses and this is allowing us not to mow this area, which is about two acres. It will allow us to help revegetate and it will help us improve the soils here through their grazing, their hoof action, and their fertilizing. The tough thing about invasives is that they typically spread by rhizome or they spread by dropping millions of seeds and they literally just overtake native communities, which is why we call them invasive. And so the cool thing about a goat is that they break down the seed pod completely. This is a, an example of a noxious weed. This is a lassie species, so it's going to be really hard to control. But this is a cheatgrass. It's a type of brome. We'd like to also control. This is a mustard, and it's a state-listed noxious weed, so we need to control it. Once these are removed from the system, we can come in and uh, seed with desirable grasses and get something better growing in its place. Controlling noxious weeds is important because they'll spread if we don't control them. They tend to isolate themselves and create open areas where other weeds can creep in and it exposes soil so that also increases uh, erosion either through wind or water runoff so that in doing this that'll help us improve the soil. 
they're removing those invasive seeds and then we're fertilizing the stuff that's here. Goat poop, unlike chicken poop, is much more inert. It's not particularly hot compost. It's something that grasses can continue to grow in and it doesn't, it doesn't kill the grasses. Grazing allows us not to use herbicides on this particular parcel. That saves the city money by not having to spray it. Anytime we're, we're aerosolizing those pesticides, they're, they're not only getting on the plants, but they are getting into water and other systems that can just cause some harm. And it's kind of one of those things where if we have an alternative that's easy and local to, to use, why not? Once it gets grazed to a certain level, we'll remove the goats and then we'll bring them back uh, later this, this summer. We'll also uh, incorporate some seeds at that point in time and the hoof action of the goats will help work those into the soil and we should have a larger variety of grasses. You'll find that over a couple years, this will become a much healthier looking meadow. The whole idea of rotational grazing is you're just having animals on to help the growth and then moving them to a different place so then the native grass communities can come back. You know, I've just kind of fallen in love with goats since knowing Louise Turner, who I learned from, who was a longtime resident of Wheat Ridge, and she has since passed, and she taught me how lovely goats are. They're just, they're funny, too. They're kind of like ninth graders. This grazing is a good start, another tool in our toolbox to help protect the natural resources, the water, get more desirable plants growing. And uh, this about four acres is under grazing, and I think that's an initial you know, good start to this program, and we may explore other areas where it's appropriate to graze. I just want to thank everybody in the city of Wheat Ridge for being open to something like this. Uh, this is a really, really cool initiative and it's at the forefront of what a lot of communities are thinking about regarding sustainability. And we're just lucky enough here in Wheat Ridge to have a lot of these resources still in the community. But I just want to send out a big thank you to everybody for being open to something like this. school senior in Aurora from Mexico and he will be the first in his family to go to college. He's trading in his part-time job as a janitor to go to med school. Behind every locker is a student with a story. And let me assure you this Hinkley High senior has a story to tell. Well, I was given the name Josue. Murillo, and I was born and raised in Chihuahua, Mexico for seven years of my life. I never understood why we moved, but now that I have grown, I have learned to know that it was like for a better future. That's just gonna be plain water. Ask Josue's peers, and odds are they'll tell you he's the textbook definition of an overachiever. Okay, so I got it now. Because it is in my personal beliefs, it's discipline over talent. I will study the extra hour, this extra minute. That's it. Just to oh. understand the core concept and be as successful as any other person. Oh, that makes much more sense. Even after school is over and everyone's gone for the day, you can bet it's that same type of discipline that keeps Josue going. So I'm a custodian at my own school. I've been cleaning this school for around eight months. I've learned also to value the custodians. I have school in one job. Some of these custodians have around two or three jobs. This past Christmas, it gave us our personal toilet brushes. His brushes are neatly hung in here, his locker, right next to his stethoscope as a token of where he's at 
and where he's going. I've been given this opportunity. I have the opportunity to study education for mostly a free uh, quote. It really hit me because I learned about the story of Malala and how in other countries like Saudi Arabia, students have to hide a pencil in a notebook. And for me to be given this opportunity and walk with my textbooks and walk with my backpack without having to hide it is something that a great honor. If they're, if they're giving up their lives for what I have here, I might as well take advantage of all of it. And take advantage of the educational system he did. Josue is one of four Aurora Public School students and 10 in the entire state that has been accepted into a prestigious medical program. It's an eight-year plan that allows Josue to complete his undergraduate degree at CU Denver and go on to study medicine at CU Anschutz Medical Campus. The program aims to look for students who are from diverse backgrounds. Because if you look in the medical field, statistics show that a lot of the medical field is not really diverse. Representation is key. Because the more voices you have, the more likely you are to succeed. Because if we just concentrate on one specific group of demographics, we're not really gonna express it. And obviously in the healthcare field, you have people from different ages. You have different people from different races. You have different people from different languages. In my own school, we have over a hundred and something languages being spoken. We are pretty diverse, I like to say, and that's something I take great pride in. But if I don't see diversity in the healthcare, it's something that is concerning. I knew that I wanted a career or a job that would allow me to help people because not only are you going to help people, but you're going to be given the honor to maybe even save lives. And for me, that, that's a great honor. Well, here's another important story for education. The city of Broomfield is offering scholarships to get a diploma through the Career Online High School. When I was a teenager, I had had a rough go of it. Didn't really have a chance to graduate high school because when I turned 18, I, I decided to get a job working 12 hours a day to support myself because uh, I was on my own. I've always wanted my high school diploma and Career Online High School gives me that opportunity. Uh, I have a two and a half year old and we just recently adopted my 16 year old brother and I have a full time job and at first I was leery of the program because I didn't know what to expect. When I actually got into COHS and started doing the program I realized that you know if you're willing to do the work and put in the time that it's all going to pay off. Next steps for me finish out all the work, all the lessons, all the tests, and then once it's completed and I get my diploma, I'll go on to do some classes in college and do some college credits and try to work towards owning my own business eventually. You know, so for me, it's always a challenge to keep growing as a person because I always want to learn more. I always want to be more. And COHS gave me that opportunity because this is something that I've always wanted to do, that I've always felt like it was a hurdle that I haven't gotten to accomplish yet. Career Online High School gives me that opportunity to get my high school diploma that I've wanted. What a great opportunity! Well, speaking of great opportunities, the city of Lakewood is providing a service many of us just take for granted. They're providing showers for the homeless. Today we're at Bethlehem Lutheran Church and School and we're joined by Pastor Drew Ross. Pastor, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. All right, so Pastor, we're out here today to check out a really cool project mm -hmm. that you have going out mm -hmm. uh, that was born in the church, mm -hmm. and it's called the Living Well Showers. Mm -hmm. 
Tell us about that. Well, Living Well Showers, it really branches from a ministry that we have here at Bethlehem called The Table. And at The Table, every single Thursday night, for the past nine years, we've been welcoming the homeless population of the west side of Denver, in particular Lakewood, right off of Colfax, uh, right here to Bethlehem. So we have anywhere between 125 to 200 homeless here every Thursday where we serve a meal and we have a worship experience that happens here. From that, the main goal has been relationship. Well, from relationship, we've always tried to find out what more can we do in order to share love with our homeless neighbors. One of the things that popped up was a need for showers. And so we were able to jump on that opportunity. And from that, uh, Living Well Showers has been born. It sounds like this is the, the only one operating in, in all of the metro area. Absolutely. In fact, it's the only one operating within several states uh, around us. There's only a few of these in the country. You know, really, a lot of this was birthed out of what you were mentioning before, the need that people have for simple necessities in life. And if we keep saying we want people to have showers or, excuse me, if we want people to, uh, to have jobs or we want people to try to make these steps in life, well, it's difficult to try to take steps in life and nobody's going to choose you for a job if there's just something like you smell. And so the trailer uh, goes behind a truck and yeah. does it have four stalls? Yeah, it's got four stalls. It's a 24-foot long trailer. People might see us uh, roaming around Lakewood as it's got big branding on it. It says Living Well Showers. And uh, it's a 24-foot long trailer pulled behind a truck. There are four stalls, like what you said. Three of them are, are relatively smaller stalls where there is, there's a changing space. There's a stool, a spot where you can put your bag or whatever it is that you have, a sink, mirror, and then a shower. So there are three of them just like that. Then the fourth one is wheelchair-friendly. So it has a ramp that comes comes down much larger space and so those with wheelchairs can go in there and you know who else has been using that stall quite a bit have been our homeless families right here in Lakewood okay. so then families can stick together be yeah. together really as if they're using the the bathroom at home I know what I've got small kids mm -hmm. and when it's time for shower time right it's 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 everybody uh, trying to serve one another as a family so we're putting a lot of families in that stall as well that is amazing so when, when somebody shows up to take a shower there, there's no appointment necessary it's nothing like that you simply show up you let us know you need a shower and we've trained our volunteers to be welcoming loving to share love share dignity and offer people what, what has been taken away from them and so uh, if there's a line we'll let you know how long it'll be hopefully we can check you in right away and we'll hand you a towel we're gonna hand you some some soap and shampoo we're using we're using hotel stuff All like right. the hotel bars yeah. of soap hotel uh, shampoos we also have depending on location uh, some other toiletries that are available so at some locations we're able to offer things like toothbrushes and toothpaste and razors and shaving cream and deodorant things like okay. that as well at some of our locations we'll put all of those th things together in a tub kind of like it like like when we were back in the dorms remember <laughs> filling the, the tubs up and walking towards the dorm bathroom uh, you enter into that space that's private just for you here's here's what we've noticed our homeless community rarely have privacy, privacy yeah. we won't offer privacy so you take that you have privacy in your shower uh, you come back out and we'll take whatever you're you're no longer using your dirty towel um, but we make it simple we make it simple in all of the things we provide. So tell us, where can folks find the shower? So right now, uh, we are in three locations during the week. However, we're adding those locations constantly. Okay. So when people come to our website, which I'm sure I'll be able to share in a little bit, mm -hmm. when people come to our website, uh, they can see where we're at and, and where we're going. Right now, we are, we are at Main Street Ministries, which is uh, 14th and Ammons, every Tuesday. We are right here at Bethlehem every Thursday evening. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to your congregation for the ministry that you're providing and for the service you're providing to the city of Lakewood. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Spotlight on Lakewood. 
There's so many wonderful things happening in our city, and it starts with just one person, one idea, one dream, or somebody saying, I want to change that. It doesn't have to be the pastor, it doesn't have to be me, it can be you. And I encourage you to look for ways to change our community for the better. It's important work they're doing in Lakewood. In Denver, there's a program to help provide work for people experiencing homelessness. For some, it's a life changer. It's the Denver Day Works Program, and this story is emotional. After years of steady work, Larry Torres found himself homeless. My mom and dad died, and uh, I just had got a divorce. At that time, I, I uh, had a problem with the manager and stuff, and I ended up just not caring about the job, and, and I lost it. After moving to North Dakota to be with his family, tragedy struck. My wife ended up getting really sick. She, um, she passed from she had cirrhosis, and um, then a couple months later, my youngest son died from the same thing. He, had, he was diabetic, and uh, he, he shouldn't have been drinking, and he died. And uh, I was alone over there, and it was pretty hard. He came back to Denver, but found no work and became homeless. I had went through my money and stuff and didn't have a job and stuff, and so it, it was just so sudden. So then I found myself in a shelter. Feeling, you know, the, the sense of aloneness and stuff, distance from people I hadn't, my friends, I used to have friends before, I didn't have those anymore. No one else wants, you know, restaurants or nothing. You, you have to keep on moving. Same even with when it comes to, like, the parks, if you're, it, fell asleep accidentally, and usually that happens too because you're depressed. I would say that's one of the cruelest things on, on a homeless person is uh, it's always no, 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 you, know, you can't use the restroom, you can't uh, hang out, you can't do this and that. You hear a lot of no's. We first met Larry when he was a temporary employee for Denver Dayworks. It's a program of the city of Denver helping individuals who are experiencing homelessness to find steady work, housing, and a stable life. An outside contractor, Bayod Enterprises, administers the program for the city of Denver. I started with Bayod Enterprises, and it was kind of neat because, wow, uh, you go work a daily labor job, you got to come several hours earlier, you wait and wait, then you find out where you're going to go and then uh, get paid like 35, 40 bucks for an, an, the entire day of work. Well, well bad, wow, you, you go there, uh, they fed you. The first thing is like, what type of job would you like? And uh, so uh, I, I was very appreciative. And when I got the job, was uh, the counselor there, Kevin Kelly, uh, it seemed like he was more happy than, and proud that I was a caring person. And uh, when I got my position too, a couple of the people con congratulated me and stuff. Real nice. Because of Larry's hard work and character, he was hired by the city's Department of Public Works. A couple days a week, I do the lawn. They have uh, recycled stuff over here, so in those big purple crates and stuff, so I take them from floor to floor. The main building, the, that's the one I take care of. 
I walk through the buildings if there's a missing light or see if the bathrooms are okay. I love to do the job perfectly beyond what maybe the other person done or something because it's the way they make you feel. So I, I'd like to, and that's good. He was able to get housing through the Denver DayWorks program. I heard I had a studio waiting for me. And wow, what a difference that's made because um, in shelters, uh, you can imagine I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave something behind if you went to the restroom or something like that. If there wasn't a friend to watch it, it could be gone. I lost my phone there and some medicine one time. The program has helped Larry to turn his life around, offering him support in addition to a job and a home. The people from here, this 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 job, it's tremendous. One of the main supervisors, he, he opens his office. He's, it's constantly, you know, if you want to talk, he'll, he'll be there. Um, the other supervisor I work with, he had this way of giving me a bike and brand new. I was like, well, what a thing, because just met me. I appreciate everything so far. I love working for the city so far. It's been, been pretty cool. And that's my story, I guess, <laughs> kind of. Larry wanted to share his story because he's so grateful for the help he received. We're grateful to Larry for sharing. And we want to thank HawkQuest for having us and all the great work they do here. We appreciate you watching. We'll see you next time on Connected Colorado. Some amazing raptors here at HawkQuest, police pen pals for some school kids, educational opportunities, and coming back from homelessness. These are stories that touch our hearts on Connected Colorado. Join me Thursdays at 8.